Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. So today is a super exciting episode launched to an exciting new series. And this new series is all about the five phases to building a culture of retention. So this is a five-part series. In the feedback, a lot of you have been talking about how much you guys enjoy when we do a series or kind of multiple episodes on a specific topic and go super deep on it. So This next five-part series is all about the five phases to building a culture of retention. So let's talk about why there are five phases that I created and why there needs to be a multi-layered approach to building a culture of retention. So staffing continues to really be the core topic of conversation in childcare centers around the world. This is not unique to the United States. This is not unique to Canada. This is a struggle across the globe. And there are many angles to staffing, including recruiting, hiring, onboarding, training, and retention. And this exhaustive list can really make field leaders feel very depleted on where do I really put my energy and my resources first? Do I put them in recruiting? Do I put it in hiring? Do I put them in onboarding and training? Where do I really put my resources? And so the thing I always answer is it depends. It depends on your team size. You might be able to hire dedicated people for recruitment and then have someone else who's creating systems for onboarding and training. And here's the thing. We spend a lot of hours recruiting and a lot of money on hiring and onboarding and training. But then what? right? We have to build in retention as part of our strategy because it costs on average 1.5 times the cost of a teacher's salary to replace that teacher. So if you're paying a teacher $30,000, it's going to cost you 1.5 times that salary to actually replace the teacher. Besides for the hours that you're spending dedicated to all the other factors of getting a teacher up to speed in the company with company standards, mission, vision, values. So retaining staff is so important, but 
we have to understand the root of the problem why retention is a struggle. One of the things that we specialize in schools of excellence and what we do when I conduct our leadership days or something that we call our strategic intensives where we do a 60 minute deep dive into unpacking what is really happening inside of the organization um, and our owners HQ and our directors in our circle program, we work on root cause analysis. We work on diagnosing what is the problem you're actually trying to solve. Because if you're going after symptoms and you're not solving the root of the problem, the symptoms keep coming back. So let's start with identifying the risk factors of turnover. There are six core risk factors in turnover. One, stress. Number two, high workloads. Number three, poor working conditions. Number four, lack of preparation time. Number five, lack of mentorship and coaching. And number six, lack of teacher input and feedback. So stress and workloads are at the top of the risk factors for turnover. Why is that? Why are stress and high workloads the two biggest risk factors in losing staff? Well, when stress begins to accumulate, from negative or challenging events at work, and they just keep coming, people find themselves in a state of feeling emotionally worn out and drained. This state of being is called emotional exhaustion. Emotional exhaustion tends to build up slowly over time, and it includes emotional, physical, and performance symptoms. So emotional exhaustion is not just something that you feel in your mind of like, gosh, I'm so burnt down, I'm so exhausted. You feel it in all parts of your body. Okay, so let's go over what some of those symptoms feel like, because I want you to work with me slowly through this and help you identify what is actually happening inside of your organization so that you're choosing the right strategies to go after. When we choose strategies, we're not just choosing where we're spending our time. It's also where we're investing our money and our resources. So emotional symptoms of emotional exhaustion include anxiety, apathy, depression, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of powerless or feeling trapped, irritability, a consistent feeling of low-grade pissed-offness, lack of motivation, nervousness, tearfulness. All of these things are signs that a person is emotionally exhausted. Physical symptoms of emotional exhaustion, fatigue, brain fog. Okay. So when you're working with someone who keeps saying, oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, I, I didn't remember that. Oh, um, I got distracted over there. Right. Or someone who has chronic fatigue. It's a sign of emotional exhaustion. Let's talk about performance because this is what we care about in the center. We're coming to do a job. Performance symptoms of emotional exhaustion are failing to meet deadlines, low workplace commitment, excessive absences, and performing work duties more slowly. So if you see these emotions commonly in staff in your center, the big question we have to ask is, how do we design an environment that helps reduce and manage these risk factors? That is the question. I speak about this often on many, many different episodes where I talk about the lowest form of advice is tips and tricks. The highest form of advice is a great question. And so on this podcast, I'm not here to just give you all of these different tips and tricks. That's not what this podcast is about. It's about up-leveling your mindset and your thinking and disrupting the way you typically go about solving a particular problem. So when you're struggling with retention and you have high turnover and you're noticing signs of emotional exhaustion, many times the first question is, how do I fix that? How do I stop that? How do I motivate my team? How do I get buy-in? No. How do you design an environment that reduces and manages these risk factors? You cannot 
obliterate stress from the workplace. That's not reality. Reality is, is that working with 15 toddlers is going to feel stressful. Reality is that when you are a director and you are in charge of 30 people, sometimes it can feel like an inflated workload. And so this isn't about creating this euphoric environment where nobody ever has to feel stress or irritability or discomfort. No, part of leadership is being emotionally uncomfortable. The question is, how do I help reduce and manage the risk factors associated with emotional exhaustion? So our company, Schools of Excellence, really specializes in working with owners and directors on culture and retention. Right. This is what we do. And the way that we take clients even deeper. So we have our owners HQ and our directors in our circle. The way that we've recently started to take clients deeper for clients that want more of a hands on, more role playing, more of an opportunity to connect with me in person and have me go face to face with their team and really work on this one on one is our iconic leadership day. And so this is a unique approach where I come into the center um, and we work on very specific core skills that we want to up level in your admin team, right? So this isn't a conscious discipline training or a classroom management training or training on values. This is skill building. This is hardcore me coming in, diagnosing the root areas of the skill gap. What is the leadership gap and me coaching and giving your team those skills, having them role play it with me live right there, hands on, having them role play with each other and really giving them better tools on how to go back into their roles. So we have a multi-layered approach to designing a culture of retention. So I'm going to walk you through the five layers, these five phases of building and designing a culture of retention. Okay. Phase one, a culture of community and belonging. Phase two, a culture of quality of life and work-life harmony. Phase three, culture of contribution. Phase four, culture of accountability and feedback. And phase five, culture of promotion. I'm going to say it one more time, okay? Phase one in building a culture of retention is building a culture of community and belonging. I'm going to explain all of these, right? So every episode, we're going to go deep into them. Today's episode, we're going to go deep into culture of community and belonging. Phase two of building a culture of retention is building a culture of quality of life and work-life harmony, a culture where everyone on the team can live a quality of life and bridge together their work-life harmony. Phase three, a culture of contribution where people can contribute a part of themselves to the company. Phase four, a culture of accountability and feedback, a place where people are held accountable and a place where we give feedback and something that I call feed forward, which I did an episode on a couple weeks ago. And the final phase of building a culture of retention is designing a culture of promotion. Each of these approaches builds a core building block in the long-term sustainability of retaining top talent and designing your legacy. So, Let's dive in in today's episode on what is a culture of community and belonging. So I want to get started with what is a community? When we think of what it means to be part of a community, what it means to belong somewhere. So let me explain, you know, community in its simplest form. A community in simplest form is a group of people with something in common. There is trust, there is connection, and there is care. 
That's what it means to be part of a community. Now, you can be part of lots of different communities, right? I'm part of a lot of different communities. I'm part of women's business communities. I am part of my family community. I am part of the Jewish community here in Coral Springs. I am part of multiple different types of communities. Again, community is we all have something in common. We trust each other. There's connection and we care about each other. Now, an early study of the psychological impacts of COVID okay, showed that loneliness was one of the factors with the greatest psychological impact on people's health. Okay, so during the pandemic, during this that time period of the last three years, it showed that loneliness when people were alone and not part of community, that was the greatest psychological impact on people's health. It impacted chronic disease. It elevated the risk factors of what I was just talking about before, emotional exhaustion, burnout, fatigue, and it impacted people's mental health. Being part of community reduces these factors because when you are part of a community where you have belonging, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, you're not lonely. Loneliness is America's greatest epidemic. Do you know that feelings of loneliness, when they did the studies on that, gosh, I wish I had the study in front of me. I think it was equivalent to smoking 10 cigarettes or 40 cigarettes a day. I'll have to go back and double check that actual data on that. But it's equivalent to smoking. That is how dangerous being lonely is. And there are a lot of people on your team right now who are lonely. They come across as social butterflies. They're talking to everyone inside of the teacher's lounge. They speak up at maybe the staff meetings or whatever it is, but inside they're lonely. They don't have real friends. They don't have people to really connect with or collaborate with. They're lonely. They're actually lonely. So what does it mean to belong? What does it mean when I tell you design a culture of belonging? A sense of belonging is our fundamental need and motivation to be accepted by others. A sense of belonging is our fundamental need to be accepted by others. When we do not have belonging, the anxiety and uncertainty of our social, social situation diminishes our well-being over time. It diminishes our well-being when we do not feel like we belong. In life, We feel a sense of belonging when we can be our authentic selves, when we can make mistakes and trust that it doesn't affect how people view us, right? When we belong, that relationship where you belong, it doesn't hinge on moment-to-moment behaviors. You're accepted for who you are. When you belong, you don't have to constantly worry about, oh my gosh, if I do this one thing, then I'm going to be, you know, exited from the tribe. If I do this, then... You're not consistently anxious about moment-to-moment interactions or behaviors. You belong. You belong to that community. You belong there. When we lack a sense of belonging, it feels like our actions are a continuous means of determining whether or not you will be accepted here. And if every action that you take is up for battle, if you still belong here, then you are in a constant state of needing to prove and define, I belong here. And when you need to do that constantly, it's exhausting. 
it is exhausting. What happens when we're exhausted? What happens when we're feeling emotionally exhausted? We're stressed. We feel the high workload and we leave. Because, not because we're going necessarily to go find somewhere else better, but because my entire sense of worth is being questioned here because I don't know that I belong here. I don't feel a sense of community here. Now, designing a culture of community is a process because the first question I want to ask you, and take some time to pause and really think about this question. Were you raised for autonomy or were you raised for community? Esther Perel is a uh, relationship and intimacy expert. She works with couples and um, she has a podcast. She's written multiple books. And one of the things that she talks about on her podcast and whenever she in her TED talk is something called a relationship resume. So we have work resumes, but a relationship resume, a relationship resume tells the story of where we come from and where we're going. Part of your relationship resume has a lot more to say about how you're going to function in the workplace than your actual professional, air quotes, work resume, like where you worked and the skills that you acquired in that place of work. A part of your relationship resume is how were you raised? Were you raised for autonomy? Were you raised in a home, in an environment where autonomy, doing things by yourself, figuring it out on your own, being independently strong was really valued, super above all else? Or were you raised in an environment where community and asking for help and reaching out to other people? And when someone has a baby, we go and make dinner for that mom. Or when someone's in the hospital, we go and help them or we take their kids in so that we can watch them so that mom and dad can be okay. Or when someone moves, we go and say, how can we help you? We're part of a community. We all belong to each other. We all support one another. And most importantly, in communities, we learn how to ask for help. We learn how to give and we learn how to receive. When you're raised for community, you're raised with the duality that you give in relationships and you receive in relationships. When you're raised for autonomy, you are raised with the mindset of, I can do this all on my own. Now, I'm super independent, so I can give to other, but I don't receive from other people. Right. And many of us who's li- who are listening to this podcast were raised for autonomy. Maybe you were raised with a little component of community, but mainly for autonomy, mainly from a place of I do this on my own. I help you. I don't take help from anyone else. I remember I had a conversation with uh, someone a couple months ago and I wrote down what they said because it really struck me. I had asked them for help with something and they're like, oh, sure, no problem. And then I said, and I knew that they were, you know, had some uh, a need that they needed. And I said, how can I support you? Like, can I help you with this? I actually have, you know, a couple introductions that I could do for you. And the person said, no, I like to be the person that everyone is indebted to. That's actually the words that they said. I like to be the person that everyone is indebted to. And I was like, oh, wow. So what an interesting approach to leadership and building their business and their community, whatever it is that they're doing. They want to be the person that everyone owes everything to them, right? So they give and give and give, but they don't receive, 
right? No one has the opportunity to give to them. That is not a culture of community. In community, we give and we receive. When we belong somewhere, right? Part of belonging there is knowing that the other person, right? Can make mistakes. I can make mistakes and I'll still be accepted here. But if I'm always in a position where I'm indebted to the person, then I don't fully really belong in this community because what role do I play here? And we'll get into that when we get into the phase of a culture of contribution. And so belonging and community is phase one of a culture of retention. When I wake up in the morning at nine o'clock, eight o'clock or seven o'clock, right? Or six, whenever your shift starts. And I think about coming to that center. Do I feel like I belong there? How do you know if your people feel like they belong there? So I'm going to to start off. This is from episode three of the Schools of Excellence podcast, which is a culture of gratitude, the gratitude matrix. So if you're new to my show and you haven't listened to episode three, please go back and listen to that podcast episode. The gratitude matrix is our trademark process on a specific formula of how to create an environment where staff feel seen, heard, valued, and appreciated. Feeling seen and heard in ordinary moments rarely rarely is it in the giant gestures that we do for the team. Our team feels seen and heard and valued and appreciated in ordinary moments. Ordinary moments. When do you feel valued, seen, and heard? It's in the ordinary moments. Think about your relationship with your significant other, with your partner, right? I always give this because it always hits home. When I do this on coaching calls with our clients, when you wake up in the morning and it's your birthday and your husband rolls over and says, hey, happy birthday. But three hours later, when you get a text message that says, hey, happy birthday. I'm so excited for tonight. I booked a reservation, this in this restaurant. And I also took care of the babysitter. Can't wait to spend time with you tonight. That is a totally different level of being seen, heard, valued, appreciated. Because now the person is acknowledging your existence, even though you're not physically in front of them. That's what it means to feel seen, heard, valued, appreciated, treasured, missed, right? I belong in this relationship. I matter in this relationship. This is a community I want to be a part of. And so the biggest pushback I get when I talk about building a culture of gratitude is it's inauthentic, honey. What I'm going to start tracking what everyone does that's good or whatever it is that's inauthentic. I give compliments when I see beautiful things. Here's what you need to understand. Our brains are wired to see the shit show. Our brains are wired to see all the negativity. You need to train your brain to hunt for the good to see the greatness in all of your people, in your community that you're building. You need to hunt to show people that they belong inside of your center. Because guess what? It's not magically unicorns going to come down to you. It's not. Your brain is wired to see what's missing. Your brain is wired to see all of the issues. You need to train new circuitry inside of your brain to see the good inside of your center. It's a process, it's a practice, and it eventually becomes second nature. But in the beginning, yes, 
put reminders on your phone. When I was a toddler teacher, I taught toddlers for eight years, okay? When I was a toddler teacher, this is what I did. I had a reminder. I taught 18 kids, okay? I had 18 students. In my phone, every single week, I had a roster of reminders. So I had 18 kids. So I had about three, four kids a day that I was having laser goggles, laser vision, and looking to see, what are they doing that's beautiful? What are they doing today that's worth sharing with their parents? What is a beautiful, ordinary moment that I can message their parent and tell them, here's something I noticed your daughter, Jordan, do. And I had a reminder on my phone before I walked into the classroom. Today, I am hunting for what Jordan, Ivy, and Benji are doing. Does that mean I'm ignoring the other 15 kids? No. It means I am lasered on those three kids. And then at the end of the day, guess what? I have a whole list of things to email their parents to tell them something beautiful that I noticed about their child. And for anyone who's listening to this, who is a parent, when you get a message from your child's teacher about something beautiful that they did, it changes your day. It changes the physiology inside of you and the interaction that you will have with your child later that day when you see them. Period, end of sentence. Whoever has gotten an email ever knows this. Okay? So, Let's bring this inside to your staff. When your staff get a post-it note or a handwritten card or a voice message that tells them, hey, here's an example for you, okay? Hey, Cindy, I noticed that Sam had a rough morning transition. I saw that you made space to connect with him with gentleness and care. What a beautiful way to honor one of our core values of relationship building. We're really blessed to have you on the team. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. That's it. Nothing else. No, oh, by the way, you didn't clock in yesterday. Or, you know, by the way, you need to bring in snacks for the break room. None of that. Just gratitude. Now Cindy feels, I belong here. I'm seen here. I'm here. I'm practicing company values. I belong here. This is phase one of building this community. If you go back and you listen to the episode in the Gratitude Matrix, we have multiple case studies of people implementing this and really seeing the results of decreasing in call-outs, decreasing in latenesses, decreasing in gossip. It's super, super powerful. So here's what I want to leave you with here today. Because again, this is the first phase of building this culture of retention, which is designing a culture of community and belonging. I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Question number one, what is my definition of a community, right? What is my definition? So after I've asked you that question where you raised for autonomy, you raised for community, and you now know what were you raised for, what is my definition of community? How am I currently building community? What are the current action steps, routines, rituals that I am currently implementing inside of my company? that are building a culture of community. It could be none. It could be a bunch. I don't know, right? You're listening to this. This is your audit that I'm inviting you to do. Next question. What does it feel like when you belong? So I want you to think about a time where you walked into a ballroom or you walked into an event or you walked into a bar or you walked into wherever. You walked into someone's house for a dinner party. 
and you felt like you belonged there? Why did you feel like you belonged there? What was the environment, the temperament, the ambiance, the people, the vibe, the energy? What was going on there that you're like, I belong here? And now I want you to tell a time when you entered a ballroom, a venue, a wedding, a whatever. And you're like, oh my God, I do not belong here. I do not belong here. I can think of a lot of situations where I've walked into a place and I've walked right out. I'm like, I don't belong here. But I always like to talk about when I do staff training, I talk about environment. And one of the things I always bring up is when you go into a mall and you step into different stores, every store has a different type of vibe and environment down to lighting, scent, visuals, sensory feel, all of it. There are certain stores that I don't belong in. I don't belong in Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't belong in any store that is dark and loud and smells like cologne. Don't belong there. Don't like it. Don't belong there. That's not my store. So I know some of you are laughing now, but but this is such a great exercise, right? This is why you come to this show. This is why you come and listen to this podcast. You're not here for me to regurgitate information for you. You're not here to get more content. You're not here to get more tips and tricks. Those are for free. They're available on Google. Go search them all day long. Go scroll, scroll your Instagram feed. This podcast is to disrupt your thinking. This podcast is to elevate your mindset. This podcast is to invite you to think about leadership in a whole new perspective. That's what we do inside of our membership. That's what I do when I go and I do leadership days inside of your center. This is what we do. And so I want you to think about what stores do you not belong in? Why don't you belong there? Is it because of your age? Is it because of your maturity level? Is it because of your emotional intelligence level? Right? Now, you might say, oh, I don't go into, well, there are certain bars that you go into. There are certain bars that you don't go into. Some are very classy. Some are super trashy. Depending on your age and your season of life and which person you're coming with, the bar may or might not be for you. Your center is the exact same thing. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a venue. And people come in and they feel a vibe. And they ask themselves, do I belong here? Do I belong here? Will I find community here? Will I find friendship here? Will I find camaraderie here? Will I be judged here? Will I be accepted here? They're filtering all of those questions. Some people who have high levels of emotional intelligence are doing it consciously. And everyone else who's not doing it consciously is doing it subconsciously. They're filtering through all of this and asking themselves, Is this a place where I belong? And do I want to belong here? Sometimes young staff come in and they're like, I don't belong here yet, but I want to belong here. There is something about this community that I want to be a part of. I want to belong here. So this is what I want to leave you with here today. I want you to start to challenge the way you approach retention. And the first phase is challenging how you're looking at community and belonging. If you have not had a chance to listen to episode three, definitely go back and check episode three on our podcast, which is the Gratitude Matrix. 
And if you've been following our podcast for a while, the content's resonating with you, you like the message, you've been thinking about joining our Owners HQ or Directors Inner Circle, or you might be thinking, you know, I actually want to do a full day with Hani. I want her to come to my center. I want her to audit what's going on in the company and the culture. I want her to meet my team, my leadership team, my staff. I want to do a full day. And then after the day, we also do 90 days of ongoing follow-up and accountability and support. And so if you're looking for that super high level of support and really just high level of engagement and getting straight to really up-leveling your culture, then email us, uh, email my team, email myself. All the links are in the show notes. And I'm excited to dive into the next four layers of building a culture of retention. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.